Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched A Simple Favor, directed by Paul Feig and released in 2018. The plot of A Simple Favor goes something like this. A small town mummy vlogger seeks to uncover the truth behind her best friend's sudden disappearance. And as we have been doing, we'll do a quick spoiler-free bit up front to tell you whether we think you you should see this movie and then we'll go into spoilers after a warning. I thought this movie was fun. Uh, I think if, I mean, I, I sort of think it was more or less as advertised, like it's a Paul Feig thriller. So there's a lot of comedy in it. Um, I, I really like the leads. I think they're really fun. And uh, Henry Golding surprised me in this because he was dreadful in Crazy Rich Asians, but he was a lot better in this one. Maybe it's just more up his alley. I don't know. But um, so the leads are fun. He's not as good as Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. Obviously, those two are great, especially when they're on screen together. And it looks bright and fun. It's well shot. It's enjoyable. So if you want to go out and see an enjoyable movie, then this is it. But if you want to go and see something that's, you know, deep or challenges expectations or anything like that, probably not this one. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't actually see much advertising on this. In fact, when I told my husband about it, he went, oh, that's the one with Anna Kendrick's boobs on the poster. And I was like, What? <laughs> She's wearing a top that has a slight little bit of cleavage in it in the, on the poster. It looks like the dress that she squeezes herself into later on right. in the film. Um, but, yeah, I kind of went into this unspoiled. Um, I didn't know much of anything uh, what it was about other than it had Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick in it, which was enough to get me along. Then I heard it was directed by Paul Feig and then I realised it was going to be a thriller and then I was like, yeah, this is absolutely great. Um, yeah, so not knowing anything I think improved the experience but also it was – it was good fun. It's a thriller with a sense of humour mm. uh, and two very charismatic leads. Yes. I think that without them, I mean, I think they really sold the movie. I thought it was fun. It's, nope, I can't say that without spoiling it. Never mind. <laughs> um, it's what I wanted another movie that's along these lines to be, but I won't, I won't spoil you without. But yeah, do we want to go into spoilers? Okay. So we yes, get into- go into actual spoilers now. So if you what? haven't seen A Simple Favour and you want to, turn off the podcast and come back when you have. What was the other movie? Gone Girl. This is what I want. I would love if Gone Girl was like this. Okay. Well, there's definitely some Gone Girl in it. I think for me, I found the ending really strangely disappointing on a lot of levels. Firstly, it's weirdly humorous. It's over really quickly. Like the big, you know, scene between them is strangely fast. Um, And it's, I find it strange that there was nothing else going on with Stephanie. Mm. Because... I mean, she was the shadiest character. She's so shady. Everybody that she knows is dead. She gets off at, like, she constantly has sex with people at funerals, men at funerals, just because they're there. had sex with her half-brother, and he is possibly the father of her child. Yes. Like, plus, both, both her parents are dead, which, okay, you could kind of see that as an accident, but the husband and the brother, too? Both her parents at different times, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was her dad's funeral that she had sex with her brother, yeah. but then the mother was already dead, and the brother and, and husband died in the same car crash. Like, everybody around this girl dies. Mm. It was really strange that there was nothing else going on there apart from her being... Unlucky. Unlucky. Like, it, it just... It's so odd. And, like, the, the brother f***er thing, which was actually really entertaining, was also, like, she'd never met the guy before. Mm. So I kind of understood yeah you've like i've heard stories like that yeah it's it's not completely out of the realm but it's not like it's not unheard of yeah yeah 
super the fact sketchy. that she was as saintly, like apart from that thing, which is you know she, that she was as saintly as she appeared to be, was weird for me. I think that's why she appeared so saintly because she was trying really hard. I know, but it's still weird. Like that, there's there was nothing else going on with her was strange for me. Mm. It just it felt like it deflated the character a lot that she wasn't. I don't know, smarter or something. Yeah. Like it, it, yeah, it let a lot of the air out of the movie for me that it, she, because it's much more fun if she and Emily are on the same level and on the same footing. And a better, it's a better twist. And it is a better twist than if Emily is just the mastermind behind everything all the time. Mm. So that to me was disappointing. Yeah. Cause Emily's such a like powerful, um, charismatic character right from the, way she wait the moment she walks on screen most dramatic entrance ever yeah and you see exactly immediately why stephanie is is attracted to her because she's so like glamorous and and charismatic and like just draws people to her so when you bring a character that that's that interesting and then make them the mastermind it's not it doesn't really it's not really much of a twist like it's just and the movie goes in so many twisty places before that you really are left wondering who did what and who knew what and who did what when Mm. And then to have it resolve in the way that you expect it to resolve is a bit of a letdown, I guess. Yeah, especially since it ends up being that both um, Sean and Stephanie were both just pawns. Mm. It's boring. It's boring. Because that's what you expect them to be at the start when you meet both of them. Um, So that was disappointing to me. Mm. It really was. Like I was just like, oh, that's it. Okay. I I also – there's like the fact that they had so much chemistry and that they – the two of them, the two women, and they didn't run off together at some point. They didn't even have sex on camera. Like, that was a bit of a disappointment too. They did kiss eventually, but. Yeah, which which the girls in front of us in the cinema went, oh, and we were like, this has been coming since the first minute of this yeah. movie. Like, how can this be a well, surprise? We were like, is this all we're going to get? Well, that's yes. what I was. But because I was genuinely, I thought they were going to run off together. I did too. All, all three of them would come up with the plot or something yeah. other than the, it was it was just. Oh, I, see, I boring. thought the. um. I, I thought Sean and his um, TA mistress, I thought they, they would, like, have to suffer together. Oh, see, I don't think the TA was actually his mistress. I think that was a misdirect. Right. I don't think she – I think that's what it was implying, that she wasn't ever actually his mistress and that was just them messing, like, right. Emily messing with her again or something. Yeah. But it's hard to know what's true and what isn't no. and the movie never confirms anything. Yeah. And and anyway, I kind of – I you could have easily written an ending where the, he he – goes off with her and then the other two end up together. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they, you could have done something. Yeah, it just was a bit disappointing that the ending was so flat, even yeah. if it was funny. It was, but it was funny. also weirdly funny because there's been a lot of genuine tension and not a lot of genuine laughs for a long time before the ending. Yeah. So you're like, why is this ending so funny? <laughs> so, yeah, tonally it was a bit strange. mm and I, I mean, pretty much everybody in this movie is a com- is does comedy as well, yeah, or like is a comedian as well, you know. So it, there's and and it's Paul Feig who is a comedy director yeah. largely. So um, yeah, it, it's it just struck me as strange. Like I was a bit disappointed by the ending, given the rest of the movie had genuine twists and thrills and stuff mm. for it to be kind of so tongue in cheek. Yeah, uh, it, it's. It's a difficult thing to do tonally, I guess, like having a, a comedy director do a thriller. Mm. It's very, it's hard to reconcile those um, different parts of it because, yeah, I did get a lot of genuine laughs out of it. I um, did too. And I thought, I mean, I did think that a lot of the stuff was funny, was genuinely funny. I was just a bit disappointed that it was like 
it uh, yeah especially for stephanie mm. that she is just what we see her as yeah there's no other secrets there's no other hidden agenda there's nothing else no it's just that that's what she is the, that's the, who she the is the biggest twist is the evil twin oh the evil twin that yeah yes but it's not such a big twist that you're like oh my gosh well it's no because they, kind of like they, oh yeah that makes sense because when they pull her body out of the river or the lake it looks so different like it looks so different to blake lively and that they, because they, they make the twin look fairly like they, they actually make her look different mm. um they give her a rounder face and slightly like different hair and stuff and as soon as i saw them pull the body out i was like that face is rounder and where the, and, and, the, um, and the mole is on a different side yeah it's different it's in a different place which is interesting also because the mother looks at the picture and goes oh that's the other twin yeah that's faith Faith, who is the bad twin and i'm like it's clearly like when you see them later the two of them next to each other you're like it's clearly not faith that's clearly hope because she looks different and she has a really distinctive mole on her face yeah they're not so identical that their mother would go oh that's the other one even with memory problems right Mm -hmm. because that that didn't seem to be the mother's major memory problem she recognized her immediately that was part of the thing was that she was back with the girls and what have they done now which was the only thing that was surprised like because i went um when i first saw the photo i was like oh her real name is faith Mm. but then when i saw the twins i was like oh no she's the other one yeah and then when the mother said that i was like maybe she is faith Mm. maybe but like, because that was weird to me. But yeah, um, yeah. I think part of it. Yeah, when you see a lot of the twists like that, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, they sort of go how you expect them to. Yes. Which I mean, I guess if you're a like, I, I'm wondering what Paul Feig wants to achieve with this. Like, does he want it to be like it, it's a comedy and a thriller? And I guess and and they've obviously chosen him to direct this. And the, there's obviously a novel that's the source material. Mm. So I'm wondering like if the no, that's a novel problem. Like what are the what is the aim there in terms of getting that sort of balance? But like, the, are they more interested in having something that's funny, where the twists are fairly predictable, or are they more? Is he more interested in like practicing, you know, a thriller? Yeah, because there's not a lot of laughs through the whole middle section of the film. The mm. threat feels very real, and you're really kind of concerned about mm. Stephanie and everything. Yeah. So for it to go into like so many laughs at the end of it, yeah, is strange. Yeah. Also, I feel like every single person who's every character who's ever in a movie should just watch Mean Girls <laughs> and learn never to stand in the middle of a road. I know. The number of times you have characters just stop in the middle of a road and you're like, you are going to get hit by a car. Yeah. There's no reason for you to stop in the middle of a road if you're not going to be hit by a car. <laughs> I know. But I did, I did love that it was Andrew Reynolds in a Prius. Yes, uh, he was yeah. a wonderful little side character. Him and um, Kelly McCormack and what's Apana Apana Nanchurla. Yeah, we're like these this little Greek chorus of side character, like other parents at the school. Yeah, the they were the so funny. They were very funny. I enjoyed their little asides, their bitchy little asides, especially Andrew Reynolds, who's mm. always delightful. Yeah, and I liked. You know, there's a lot of things to really like in this movie. I think. For me, most of them come from Anna Kendrick. Her face is so great. She makes this face early in the movie when she's drunk that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Um, and she's like, whenever she's trying like to, whenever she feels like 
so like someone's caught her. Yeah. Like when um, when the police are talking to her, she's got this wonderful, ha- terrible habit of just going on too much. Oh, yeah. And that one she makes to Blake Lively when she's like trying to reveal, trying not to reveal her secrets. And she's just has the, the best faces. God, she's so funny. She is. She's so, so great. Um, which is why I was surprised that she wasn't acting the whole time and it didn't reveal at the end that she was actually. Because, okay, yeah. this is another thing. I have seen Camp. And mm. in Camp, which is a movie that Anna Kendrick was in when she was about 15, I think, mm. she plays this incredibly manipulative, very ambitious character who acts very um, subservient and she's all sunshine and rainbows and she, you know, does everything. She acts like a fangirl to this main girl who gets all the roles mm. and does everything for her until she poisons her one night so that she can take over in her role um, and everybody realizes how like evil she is. And I'm like, that's the role she's playing here, right? Yeah. Like, oh. it's just strange to me that there was nothing else happening with Stephanie and that she was just, you know, a really good parent. Caught up in this kind of thing. Yeah. I thought one of the most interesting scenes in the movie was when she met up with Linda Cardellini. Oh, my God, yes. It was so great. Oh, God. I was just like, I. the last thing I saw Linda Cardellini in was playing freaking Hawkeye's wife and I was so happy to see her like used properly I've definitely seen her since then I, I I'm not sure but that was just a wonderful cameo like it was only five minutes or so she was so good she was so good she was really funny and the other thing was um there's a moment when Linda Cardellini's like oh you're a saint and she's like and Anna Kendrick goes I get that a lot I, yeah and then she says something like um people love saints and Anna Kendrick goes yeah when they're dead yeah. And it's a really strange, interesting moment that could have been explored more, I think. Like if that was really what Stephanie was feeling about things, mm. it could have been explored more and given the character depth, but then they just drop it. Yeah. So I thought that was weird. Mm. I do kind of like the idea of her setting up a detective agency afterwards. Though. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Andrew Reynolds can be her um, sidekick. <laughs> Bitchy receptionist. <laughs> Like she came across it. That was another great little cameo. Rupert Friend is the fashion designer. He mm-hmm. wasn't in it very long either, but he was also kind of um, kind of fun. Uh, she hasn't been in really anything since then. Linda since. Cardellini. Yeah. Yeah. She's Maybe odd. I saw something older that she but was in. Th- this cameo was a very, um, like a real throwback to her sort of 90s heyday, very like Gen X type throwback, right down to the Slayer t-shirt and all the, all and the tattoos, tattoos and the, um, that, the, the bisexual haircut. <laughs> Um, that haircut yeah. that that everyone has now. Um, the bisexual. Not only did she have that haircut, but also like half of it was pulled back mm-hmm. and half of it was down. Oh yeah, very subtle there. But I was surprised that Anna Kendrick didn't take on a hair a hairstyle similar later to indicate that she is also bisexual. Well, that, like that yeah. was surprising to me. Right. Be, um. Because she's so straight laced and her clothes are so like proper. Um. At the end of the day, they said that the wardrobe was by Mark Jacobs, but to me, it looked like. They were clothes from Bowdoin, which is like like a mid-range sort of clothes place. Like I can't really afford to buy at Bowdoin, but I guess like a dress will set you back $200 or something. It's not like super expensive for a lot of people, but it is kind of aspirational. But it's very like proper English girl. And I told you there were some shoes that got a hero shot that are shoes that Kate Middleton has famously worn um, that look really, really hard to walk in. So I feel like she's very much trying to like dress as though, like proper womanhood is the way she's trying to dress. And even when the, you see her a few years back, like you can see how her hairstyle has evolved. Like the old hairstyle had the sort of ringlets in the bottom, very um, 
very, I don't know, five years ago or whatever. Um, and then like her newer hairstyle is more like a little bit shorter and straighter. Like this is my sensible mom haircut. And the way that she, and she never stops being styled very properly. Like even that last scene, she's wearing like this fully buttoned up cardigan and like a, um, I think more pant, like pants or something, but she never, that the, the, the wardrobe never changes, nor does her styling like as she changes through the movie. It does a little. There's a scene when she's moving into the house that she's wearing like a black tank top and jeans that's very different to anything else that we've seen her wearing. Mm. But then when the when the closet's full again when she comes in, which is a great tense moment. Oh, that like, was that's good. That's such a good mm. moment. And sh- she drops everything and freaks out. Mm. Um, she goes back to the other style. Yeah. And that's after she tried on the dress, which watching her... F- Flip around like a dolphin in that dress was kind of amusing. Yeah, or a yeah. mermaid. Well, especially because yeah, that's right. Because because like you leaned over, like there's no way they fit the same clothes. And I was like, they they would probably like fit the same, but but Anna Kendrick would need like ten inches taken off the bottom. Mm. And so she, I was, I actually thought she was going to trip over that dress the whole time she was coming down the stairs and stuff. I I thought they're going to have her do her physical comedy and trip over in that dress. I feel like it wouldn't be as tight on her though, because Blake Lively is like. If Blake Lively had the same proportions as Anna Kendrick, she would be like a twig woman. Because mm. Anna Kendrick's really – she's not very tall, but she's also really and, slim. And Blake Lively is really tall. And Blake Lively is really tall, but not like, you know, she turns sideways and you can't see her. No. I mean, she's sort of built like a model. They, but... Especially because that dress was so tight, she couldn't even get it off. I don't think that would fit her like that. Yeah. It, it was weird the way that sort of – I mean, obviously, it's meant to be the, a metaphor of like putting on her clothes and finding right. that they don't fit. Which is really surprising that she's not a serial killer. Right. Especially afterwards, she gets the dress off by just cutting it with scissors. Like there's no waiting around for anyone to help her or trying to figure out another way. She just cuts of it off. Of course she doesn't want to Quite, wait for no, somebody she, else well, to she help doesn't her because she doesn't want Sean, Sean to, to come home come home yeah. and see her in that dress and think something. But again, and the way that, that getting the scissors out, it's she's really ruthless, like unbelievably ruthless at times. Yes, that's why it's so weird. Yeah, and there's other things as well. Like there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of foreshadowing in um, Blake and Anna's first conversation together. Mm. Uh, and I wrote down uh, that that Blake says to her, "Oh, you should move in to mm. the house," because she says how yeah. much she loves the house. And I'm like, "Yes, she's going to kill you and take your house." Yeah, yeah. Like that's I genuinely was so or like. The fact, or maybe that Anna and Emily were in on it or something, although then she wouldn't investigate it, I suppose, or something yeah. else. Just something. It just it was so surprising that it wasn't, yeah. she wasn't in on it more or there wasn't something else going on with her because she just was yeah. so It, it just shady. so sus. Mm. Yeah. Also, the, the gonna duck um, note is the one right after that. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're gonna duck right, which... Yes. She didn't mean duck. I didn't mean duck. I we never, never mean duck. duck. I also, uh, there's a moment that Anna Kendrick says, oh, there's not a whole lot of dating. It's slim pickings in Warfield or something. The town and that I, they live in, yeah. Right. But I was like, oh, you mean like on a Warfield? Like uh, this is like a war zone sort of a thing. I was like, oh, no, it's really called Warfield. But <laughs> like, that's probably. The lack of subtlety in this movie. Oh, her her name... last name is Smother. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Her last name is Smothers. Her name is Stephanie Smothers. Mm-hmm. Like it's not not subtle it is not subtle at all no and faith hope and charity <laughs> like the yeah it isn't there's no. no subtlety in this movie no yeah i i did think that henry golding was a lot better in this yeah i don't even know that he's doing a lot 
more, but he just seems to fit into this very well as like being a dupe. Yeah. Well, I think that actually him like being duped is that works well for him because yeah. he does have that kind of, I don't know, that, that sort of face of like, he's quite, I don't want to say like naive or oh, this really open face mm. that like makes him look a bit incredulous. Yes. Almost. Um. Yeah. And obviously he's also like very handsome and that sort of the kind of husband that you could see why she would be attracted to someone like him. Yes. I think that the way that this movie uses him maybe is a little better mm. uh, and, rather than being a... And presumably this was the second film that he did as opposed to yeah. Crazy Rich Asians. So he's kind of learned, you know, things about hitting your marks and working on set and things like that. <laughs> being on set. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought as well is that he seems to be more comfortable in this. Yeah. And less awkward. I mean, he also has just a lot more to do. Um, yeah, it's a like, more interesting role. Nick is a bit of a nothing character. My note on Henry Golding does say Henry Golding is dot, 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 better question mark. <laughs> well, I mean, so he's he, not like, he's still not. I mean, he's great, but. Look who he's sharing better. the screen with, though. Yes. Like those two and Andrew Reynolds and like people who are like experienced and like big personalities and like hugely charismatic. I really like Blake Lively against my better judgment. She's made me my Henry Cavill. Like, I just. I think she's gorgeous and I oh, okay. what I love watching her. I have, yeah, no, I have a crush on her the same way I have a I Diane was, Kruger crush. Yeah, but I was like, is she a bad person? No, no, I don't think she's a bad person. Because I'm pretty sure Henry Cavill is a bad person and my crush on well, her. Well, I, I, it's more like the kinds of things she does are a bit guilty pleasure type oh, right. stuff. No, no, not, no, she, I don't think she's a bad person. She seems perfectly nice. But I, I have a bit of a crush on her. Like I will watch her and just be like, oh. yeah. like I, I would totally fall for somebody who looked like that, who wanted to be my friend. Absolutely. Yeah, and it is I, – I, I also liked the bit at the end where the two of them are talking about whether or not they were really best friends. Mm, She's mm. like, yeah, you really were my best friend and stuff. It was funny. Yeah. Um, and um, there's something about the two of them together, I think, that they are they have great chemistry, Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. Yeah. They were doing the press tour and I watched the uh, autocorrect – autocomplete Wired interview mm. of them. And it was, they were very fun together and very funny. And I think they have a very similar sense of humor. Mm. Like they seem to really match each other well. Mm. So I can imagine them, um, they would have a lot of fun on set and stuff. Mm. They, uh, the movie really just lifts its game when the two of them are together. Yeah. The scene when, um, when Emily comes to the grave makes up for the total lack of any build up on her showing up suddenly watching the screen. Yeah, and especially as we we without her for almost a third of the movie. And but also I think we kind of knew that it was her watching the mummy blogs. Mm. Like we kind of so there were, but there was no reveal of it. Mm. There was no look, you were right, it is her. It all was along. really like um yeah, it was really sudden. Just yeah. like oh yeah. But actually it was because the internet was really bad wherever the person was watching those yeah. videos. And like, which kept... she's on motel Wi-Fi. That makes sense. Yes. And I, but the thing is, when it got to, I was like, oh wow, the the Wi-Fi is the internet's really bad. Why does the screen keep loading? And I thought at first it was because of the way it's cut. I thought it was like she was uploading them. Yeah. Dodgy. And mm. I was like, that's terrible. That's poor YouTuber form. Yeah, oh, Why uh, would you do that? And uh, I was like, well, oh, somebody's watching. Oh, it's her. Yeah. It well, took me a while, though. I thought it might have been something to do with the fact that their small town was so far out of the city and the yeah. internet was bad. Yeah. Because it looks it, – it doesn't – it's not immediately obvious that somebody is watching. Mm. I think it could have been done better that they could have, like, 
moved around a laptop screen to show the video mm. playing so that you were aware that, that the cut is to somebody watching Because I, I love the comments scrolling as yeah. well. They were always really funny. They were always really funny. But it kind of looks like she just uploaded it directly yeah. like that, yeah. like dodgy, which was not – I don't know. It was strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, – yeah, there are a few shots early on that I really liked, like when she's taking something out of the boot of her car and the way that it's framed is really good. Mm. Um, yeah, the, like the what the little thing is cupcakes or whatever she's made for the class. Meatballs, yeah. yeah. Paul Feig seems to really study the movies that he's making a, a parody or a comedy mm. version of. Uh, he did the same thing with Spy, which was why Spy was such a fun spy movie. Yeah, yeah. And then he he's done the same thing here where you can see all these like thriller shots and stuff. Yeah, all the girl movies from the last few years like gone girl but some of the some of the girl on the train yeah which i also thought of when when he was talking about gaslighting and i was like maybe sean's gaslighting her yeah and that kind of style and that kind of stuff like with the big bright houses and the um that whole um american gothic kind of idea where there's these big bright suburban houses and then behind closed doors what's going on kind of thing like that is it called Suburbia, that movie we watched? The Suburbicon. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of, it goes back to like things like American Beauty and all that kind of stuff. It go, it, there's quite a long tradition of it. Um, that, and that, yeah, that kind of stuff. He really um, knows what he's doing yeah. on that stuff. And of course, um, you know, thriller and horror and comedy have the timing uh, thing in common. Yeah. The build up and, and that sort of thing. So he's obviously good at that. Yeah, looking well. forward to the Paul Feig horror movie that I'm sure is coming out soon. Undoubtedly, because this is almost a straight, um, almost thriller. a straight thriller. That's why it's so strange. Is that it's almost a straight thriller, but not quite. Yeah, and it seems like sometimes it's poking fun at ideas that it's containing. Well, and there's a whole bunch of ideas that kind of just flow past that. I think maybe point to the fact that it's a novel and might have been a little bit more teased out in the novel and. I, it's like the stuff around, you know, the role of mothers in school and your working mums versus stay-at-home mums and, like, the um, that, that sort of stuff sort of gets hinted at at the start, particularly around the way Stephanie does things versus how Emily does things. And then very quickly you get to discover that the reason Emily works so hard is because, like, her husband is on a professor's salary and they have this big house and they're living this lifestyle that they can't really afford. Yeah. Um. And then, and that sort of like economic insecurity, being house poor, that there's very close to my own heart because I'm house poor. <laughs> so I understood, I kind of understood that very real, in a very real way. And I was sort of wondering if maybe in the novel, um, a bit like in, in Gone Girl, there's lots of sort of philosophical asides about society and things like that, that mm. get, that there's no time to deal with in the movie, but they're kind of interesting and kind of hinted at. And because these are good actors, they kind of, are able to carry that a little bit. Yeah, there's some stuff as well where um, Sean tells Stephanie to take a Xanax when mm. she's like, Emily called me on the phone. Yeah. I heard her talking to me and he's like, you're crazy, you're delusional. Yeah, take um, a Xanax. Although she had done the same thing to Nikki just, the, the son, just a couple of days earlier. Mm. By the way, and he then was she does it so to him later great. On. Oh, the little boy. Yeah. Yes. He was so, so great. Uh-huh. Um. It was re- he was really entertaining. He played by Ian Ho. Yeah, yeah. he was a gorgeous little kid. Yeah, he was a gorgeous a little kid and really funny. Mm. Had mm. good comic timing. Yeah, um, but also like his reaction to everything go- that was going on was really realistic, in a way that a lot of the parenting in this movie wasn't. Because I was like, wow, these parents really don't do a lot of parenting a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Even Anna Kendrick, who is a stay-at-home mother and whose whole life is apparently being a stay-at-home mother, does very little actual parenting. Oh, yeah, the only parenting scene she has is when she sits on the grass 
with Nikki. Yeah. Not with her own kid who – She does a little bit with both of them earlier. Yeah, um, like in the car and stuff yeah. and when she's taking them on their first play dates and things. And and yeah, I think there's she's very sweet and stuff, but like there's got to be a middle ground between the Stephanie and Emily styles of Emily just going, Nikki, come, and Stephanie being yeah. like, okay, I guess we're going now. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the very gentle sort of thing. Yeah. Like I'm wondering what she would do if her son, whose name was Miles. Yeah. Miles ever acted up in any way. Right. Because that kid seems to be just a saint. Yeah, his mother. Yeah, and, and like Emily as well later on talks about how much she loves her kid, right? Yeah. And I feel like they didn't show that enough. They, they showed her kind of acting as though the kid was a pain, like just oh, get on with it, Nikki. Like, Nikki, come, that kind yeah. of stuff. They, they showed a lot of that and her swearing in front of him and all that kind of stuff. But they didn't quite – there wasn't. They needed to be some kind of scene where she did some active parenting, or she, or there at least was shown that she really cared about him because they then they try and bring him back later on, and where she's like, he's my little buddy. Yeah, I think, but I think that would have removed the doubt over whether or not she was telling the truth. True, true. And I think they really wanted to keep that in. Like, is she really telling the truth about wanting to see Nikki, or mm. is it more of a ruse and stuff like that? Mm. I mean, you really can't ever tell if if. Emily is telling the truth because she says to, while we're flashing back to her murdering her sister, she says to oh, uh, yeah. Stephanie, no, I didn't kill her. Yeah, she drowned. Yeah. Which is why I was so set on the idea that Emily was an, un- I mean, Stephanie was an unreliable narrator. Narrator. Because they're yeah. both, they're, all three of them are unreliable. Right. All exactly. three of them. So like, the yeah. the fact. So that- who knows what's gone on there? Yeah. And maybe like there is something shady about Stephanie, but we just didn't get to find it out. Like I don't. It's weird. It is weird. It is. It, it's so. Um. It's just frustrating, really. Yeah. That there's nothing more going on with her, and she's always so put together in her vlogs and everything. I don't know. I'm yeah. just surprised that there wasn't any, or any bigger moment of meltdown or something else. Yeah. Something it's, where she really loses it, and with somebody as well, like not in front of someone else. Because, um, as not just Emily or Sean. Right. But the moment that she does that is when she shoots Sean. Yeah. But then that's all a ruse anyway. Yeah. So she doesn't have that moment at all. No, she doesn't. And it like it would be the kind of moment you wanted to have in front of, I don't know, the Andrew Reynolds gang or whatever. Yeah. Like you wanted have her to have that moment in front of someone who's not one of the three unreliable main leads. Yeah. It would have been interesting to tease out that her relationship with the mummy gang too because – um. There's a moment at the funeral when he comes up to her and he's like, we mostly watched your vlogs to make fun of you, but there were some good ideas on there too kind of thing. Yeah, that stuff. That, and then she left her children with um, Apana, Nanchella's character. Yeah. So her children. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Nikki's hers. Um, yeah. He might, he might as well be for all the parenting that really both Sean and Emily do mm-hmm. across the movie because Sean is perfectly happy for Stephanie to just take that over. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you show me how to be a better father. I'm like, how? Mm. Where was the times that you were a better father? Yeah, exactly. Show those to me. You're just very, you're just very excited that you have a live-in maid slash nanny. Yeah. It was strangely structured. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I had, there would, I think just watching Anna Kendrick through it makes it bearable when things are silly yeah I, I, it's always amusing it's always entertaining yeah like it's not the kind of movie that ever makes you look at your watch you're always like oh my god wait when what she, when she raps in the car on the way home is so so funny and so great um 
But yeah, I, I, I really... think that's meant to be her like losing control moment. That's meant. To, that's sort of meant to be. Yes, but that. I mean, she isn't really. She no, is and it, gaining control at and that she, moment. That's over right. The narrative, and that's and that's also the moment where you, you're like, huh? Maybe she did. Like, there's a. That, it, it's. It just adds up to the picture of yeah, she's a serial killer, or yes, she's definitely involved in this somehow. <laughs> yeah, the the moment when she's blogging from vlogging from the hotel room, and then you see Emily, and you're like, wait, what? Where's the big reveal on yeah. that being Emily? Where's the big – just even a different camera movement around to show music, her or something. A bit of music, a bit of something to reveal her. Yeah. It was nothing. It was such a nothing moment. And yeah. there were a few like that. Yeah, especially when so, some of the other suspenseful bits were so well done or the bits that were surprising well, to you. Well, when she comes back to see Sean, that's a much better scene. When mm. she sets him up at the at the restaurant and then walks in. Yeah. Is like that's a better reveal. Why doesn't – yeah, the hotel yeah. didn't have one like that for the us, the audience. I think, and the, they well, the, did it the whole the wardrobe thing that we saw was a great reveal. And there's um, uh, the bit in the park where uh, Stephanie tries to take Emily's picture, and she's like, "I will have you indicted if you don't yeah. delete that." Those moments were really sort of surprising and like revealing. And then suddenly, oh yeah, she's just in the shitty motel room. Yes, exactly. It was weird. Yeah, it would have been. I think almost more interesting if somebody had managed to take a photo of her and put it somewhere, and yeah, because that would have tied into things more or something. It was yeah, a strange that photo. It was didn't such get a strange moment. Or yeah, it was weird. And it's a shame too because it could have been they could have done something where they were in like two rooms next to each other or something, and right? Hand across in the same yeah. Like a, that would have looked cool uh-huh. if they'd done a set of the two rooms and they'd panned across from the. Um, so, sort of warmish, reddish color room that um, Anna Kendrick was into the kind of bluish one that Blake Lively was in and just gone across. Well, it uh-huh. looked cool. It looked cool. <laughs> Set us up for a scene where they have a near miss in the car park. Yeah, exactly. All kinds of cool stuff. Exactly. That would have been quite a setup. And then, but the, you know, I feel like the grave scene sort of makes up for it. That was a great scene. Yeah. Um, oh the two my of them. God, with her skull cane. Yeah. Oh and the two of them God. bouncing off each other is really fun. And and um, Blake Lively's sort of menswear inspired tuxedos. Yes. Oh my the God, clothes. the costumes in this thing were so cool. They were really emphasized as well. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. Like those shoes got a hero shot. Yeah, they did. And the little hunter boots that she was wearing. Also, like $150 shoes. Come on. <laughs> like she's supposed to be a single mother. Anyway. Um, I know very little about these things. It just, it was just like, it struck me. And again, that's why I thought it was going to come back. I thought like that wardrobe doesn't match up with a person who is, you know, living off the husband's life insurance and stays at home. So I I thought that that was going to come into it. Like she was going to need to get a job or find some other source of income, which is Mm. why she's probably doing the vlog. Um, And I just thought it was going to come back, especially when then they, she gets an amazed scarf out of her wardrobe and it's to go and see um, Rupert Friend and, like, oh, yeah, that's a present from my aunt. Like, again, just kind of thing that drifted in and out of the movie and then went again. Like, she's got an aunt who's giving her, you know, $1,000 scarves and how does that work? So, it just, it was... Oh, I bet you that, that aunt is dead. Oh, almost certainly, yes. And she fucked someone at the funeral. <laughs> almost definitely. It's just so shocking that she wasn't. And then, yeah, like, the fact that her kid is probably a product of incest, you'd think... Oh, maybe she killed people to cover that up or right. something. Yeah. Something other than just being, you know, yeah. innocent. Something. Um, yeah, maybe that's why she killed her mother. 
she was that because the mother found out about her sleeping with her stepbrother. Oh, that's right. Her mother was still alive then, and she yeah. dies at some point. Yeah, like she dies completely off screen of something else. Like it's never explained. So the father dies, then the mother dies, and then the husband and and brother die all within a span of how old is that kid? Seven. Yeah. So the kids kids in first grade, so six, six. or seven. Anna Kendrick's what thirty two or so. Her dad died when she was a senior in high school, so she'd be seventeen or eighteen at that point. So in a span of like 10, 15 years. No, Which, to seven be fair, I, I lost both. So it would be seven years. Why? Because the dad, the, she hooked up with the brother at the dad's funeral. Sure. Which would mean that the, the dad died about seven years ago or eight years ago when she got impregnated. No, she didn't necessarily get impregnated at the funeral. Oh, I thought that was the implication. I, no, they I thought the implication the... was that they kept sleeping together. Oh, no, I, I thought that was the implication, that she got knocked up at that funeral because we also see the sex scene where Nikki got knocked, where Nikki was conceived. Yeah, so there must we be. We see the sex scene on the plane after mm. um, Emily stole the ring. So I thought that the reason we saw those two sex scenes in flashback yeah, was, was because that's when the two kids were conceived and they're yeah. p- making the link between the two of I them. I just didn't think and she the, was that young. Seat. Like, if she's 25, or she just I didn't think she would be 25. She just didn't seem 25. And the husband, the ostensible father of the child, seems a bit older. So I don't, I don't know. I'm just checking out how old Anna Kendrick is. Born in 85. Yeah, so 33. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that that, that was the implication, that he yeah. locked her up then and then she had to try and find somebody and she, yeah. she um, found this other this guy. Other guy. Which is why he was like, oh, am I even the father? Like, if she mm. was pregnant before she married him, he might be suspicious yeah, of that. Yeah, but also, in, and he's even older than her. Like, he looks in his 40s. and Yeah, so, he used to be on Smallville. That yeah, he's, he looks even older. So, then he's five years older. Like, he's not, he's like 15 years older than her and he's marrying a high school. Like, there's so many things that don't add up there. So, I just sort of. That's, Wait, was she in high school? Yeah, she was, her dad died when she was a senior in high school. So, if she got pregnant okay. in that funeral, then, like. She's only like twenty three or something, okay. and that doesn't make any sense to me. Which why it was why I just assumed she kept sleeping with the half. I guess it must be because I I just assumed that we were making that connection, and like she doesn't look like she's a senior in high school at the funeral. No, obviously, no, so but it yeah it made the most sense to have her as the like playing you know. Playing I thought it was part. the oh, yeah. I thought it was the other dad that died when she was a senior in high school. What other dad? The Blake Lively's dad. No, no, they were sixteen. They were sixteen. They were also probably juniors in high school. Yeah, so it it seemed to me like not completely unreasonable, like that that her parents would die within like ten or fifteen years of one another. No, but it's still strange that everybody around her dies. Yes, absolutely. Like because when they said her dad's funeral, I was like, her dad died too. It's ridiculous amount of people around her that are dead. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, everybody. Mm, everybody in accidents and things yeah that's really weird mm-hmm. i'm still surprised it, that she wasn't involved it doesn't add up is there anything interesting in your notes there the um the ring connection between ah. so in this movie emily steals henry golding's mother's ring yeah and in crazy rich asians um henry golding's mother mother gives the main character a ring yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was an interesting. Um, it was an interesting connection between the movies. That they yeah, had such an oddly specific thing. And also, there was a whole thing about whether or not she gave it to her and stuff. Yeah, which was kind of a plot line in Crazy Rich Asians as well. Yeah, there was also one thing that I really liked 
and I don't know if it was scripted, it seems like it might not have been, is that after Emily gets hit by a, by the car, Stephanie goes into, like, mum mode again. Yeah, yeah. Where she, like, first tells her off for dick-punching Andrew Rannells. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, oh, be careful. It looks like you're hurting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Just take it easy. Yeah. Which was really funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really liked that moment character-wise. Right. You know, if you're going to go all in on her just being an innocent suburban mum, at least they went all in on it. Yeah, that's right. Um, which was really funny to me. It also seems like it might have not been scripted because she's just kind of talking at, on off camera as yeah. Emily's crawling around on the ground. Well, they they could have just been like, now you just have to react to this, yeah, um, and and let her go with that because she clearly did a good job of that. Yeah, it was and, very funny. Yeah, um, and she's like, oh no, you're gonna hurt your knees. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about your knees right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was really funny. I yeah. liked that a lot. That's it. Yeah, that's all of it. No, no, that's um all I really have to say about this movie. But basically, our entire review of this is. Anna Kendrick seems way sketchier than the movie actually ends up having her be. That yes. Is, that, is, that is the thing. And that is like the whole thing that is distracted us. And that us. is sort of like the girl on the train as well, I think. Yes. But at least in the girl on the train, it, it which I hated, but at least it comes around to being something. Like mm. Emily Blunt is properly being gaslighted, but also, you know, she was getting really drunk and passing out. And yeah. so the gaps in her memory make sense and stuff. The shadiness here doesn't make a lot of sense. She's not protecting a secret. She's like, none of the stuff she did was to protect the secret about her kid. Yeah. There's no kind of, there's no reason for her to be so shady. And there's no resolution. Like when you have an unreliable narrator like this or multiple unreliable narrators, you kind of have to give, like you, you can't drop things in and then just leave them. Like because they're all, it's all part of the um, reliability, unreliability of the narrator. Like it all, all goes to that. So you kind of have to resolve the things that you just drop in like that. Yeah. And they just drop in so many weird things about her that just doesn't make sense. Yes, that's that's yeah. The fact that like she, everybody's dead, and she's so good at acting as well. But mm. then it turns out she isn't. It just was all what she's like all the time. Yeah. So I don't know, but that same t- by the same token, I still had quite a lot of fun watching. This. Oh yeah, I had loads like, of fun. It as was well. super fun, but then also yeah, there's some, there's this some, big I think hole I think in it. a lot of the fun is from the um the the lead actresses and stuff, yeah. rather than the good casting, yeah, and the good casting. But I think I mean they're really funny script moments as well, and the, there's a really tight suspense part as mm. well. Mm-hmm. I think it's just that it kind of falls to pieces at the end when you're like, wait, that doesn't yeah, make sense. It's, it's well, very well Where's made. Where's the rest of it? But yeah, once you poke a few holes in it, or what, or the, the holes that are there are quite glaring. Um, also, we were going to talk about um, Aparna Nanchola. Is, Aparna <gasps> Nanchola is a um, comedian and writer as well. Yeah, who's um, one of the um, the bitchy mums in this group. His mum is, yes. And so um, I recognised her name when it came up in the credits because mm. I see her reblogged on Twitter a lot. And she's quite popular over there. We saw it's like 505,000 followers or something. Mm. I see her come up a lot. And yeah, yeah. she wrote this article on um, the Louis C.K. return recently. Yeah. and She's who, a stand-up comedian by the looks of it. She yes, she's a Netflix a, special. Yeah. So she does stand-up comedy. This is her first on-screen role or big screen role. It says on her Twitter. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, she's certainly done a bit of... TV, like a lot of she done a lot of the comedy shows that you will recognize and on other people's shows and voiceover stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah. So she was uh, maybe her big first big screen role then. Yeah, but yeah, she wrote an article about the return of Louis C.K. called "Who Gets a Second Chance" mm-hmm. about 
how um, Louis C.K. gets a second chance, but all of the people that he, um, all of the women that he harassed are just gone from comedy and we never get to hear their comedy and stuff like that. It was really interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. Worth reading. And yeah, and I def- and I read it. I read it, yeah, without actually knowing who she was um, and it was really good and, and of course from someone who's in the industry, um, which was adds weight to um, what she says. Yeah, she, so it was, yeah, she was really good like that in the, those little parts. Um, and the, and it's just like they were just funny, like the three of them. Yes, were the three so of them funny. were great. Even the bit where like where Emily like swats them and sends a SWAT team to um, Andrew Reynolds' house and they're all getting high and it's like just hilarious. I have a prescription for that. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, but anyway, what do you want to rate it? I'll say three stars. Yeah, I think three stars is probably a good mark for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Fun, but has some holes in it. So, yeah. Okay. I guess I'll wrap up then. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like uh, show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. Uh, if you would like to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.